Welcome to Hacking Music. I'm your host, John Pichotta. The goal of this podcast is to break off a piece of the hacking music training we use and train artists in every day to master the best of what other headliner artists have already figured out so that you can unlock your potential. Additionally, we interview world-class artists and entrepreneurs, doers and thinkers, so that you can better analyze your problems, seize your opportunities, and master your decision-making and execution. Every episode is packed with training, lessons, and force multipliers that never expire. And if you're listening to this, you're missing out. If you'd like members-only training and exclusive content, you can join at hacking-music.com. Check out the show notes for a link. This episode is brought to you by The Sync Center, trusted by Fortune 50 companies, filmmakers, ad executives, and major film studios. The Sync Center is a full-service music supervision and licensing company that has managed projects for hundreds of clients, including national and global brands, agencies, and cultural events. Um, Welcome, everybody, to the monthly call-in. This is a, a time we set aside each month where we invite an artist or a partner or an entrepreneur who is growing and scaling and really dominating their space. Most of them are well outside the old school dinosaur legacy music industry and succeeding in spite of it. The key word here is thrive. These are private conversations where we talk shop. We talk about what's working and really just have a transparent conversation and unpack what's working for our guests. So a little bit of housekeeping before we jump in. If you're watching in your community dashboard or you're on live with us, feel free to put your questions in the chat. We'll set aside some time at the end of the call and to go through those. If this is your first time, Hacking Music is a training and execution platform that helps artists align and monetize their talent and their ability. Our mission at Hacking Music is to serve the world by strengthening the next generation of headliner level artists and to help them connect with people that care the most. That's their fans. The spirit of this is we don't wanna cheapen this. We don't wanna make it sound easy like you just flick a switch but we want to have an honest conversation about how you put a career together in the new music marketplace. Our guest today is Lauren Bateman. She's a guitar instructor. She's an entrepreneur. And really the thing that keeps coming up in our conversation is execution. She's she's an executioner. She executes. So with that, Lauren, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Thanks for having me. Of course. So you're up in the Northeast in Boston. How's everything there? Yeah. It's, um, it's cold. (laughs) It's finally, finally got cold, but you know, it's, it's January in Boston. So you kind of expect that. That's a whole nother level of cold up there. It it can be. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So Lauren, give us a little backstory for somebody who, I mean, you're kind of heads down doing your stuff, but tell us a little bit of, of, of your story. Kind of what got you here? Yeah. So um, it's interesting because I actually started in pharmaceutical. Um, So my degree, I actually didn't go to school for music. My degree is not in music. Um, I just happened to be very passionate about music. And uh, I quit my job because I was like, oh, I want to do something with music. And I started, you know, I recorded my own album. I was performing, doing, you know, the original artist thing. Um, And I was also doing some teaching on the side. I was teaching people how to how to sing 
um, because I never had guitar lessons. So I never thought that I was good enough to teach someone how to play guitar. Um, well, fast forward, I found out that, you know, I actually have a lot to offer, particularly someone who's just getting started or just learning guitar. So I started a kind of a private studio out of my home. That expanded into multiple brick and mortar locations. And then I kind of took my gig online to YouTube as well. And I've created a, a brand online where I help people all over the world learn to play guitar. So it's been a lot of fun. I uh, would never expect that that would have been my trajectory, you know, going to school and getting degrees in science. Um, but I ended up being a musician. Funny how that works out, science and Funny and how music. that works. That's a beautiful thing. So you started on YouTube. That was that was kind of your first. Well, I mean, YouTube was where I started doing kind of like the online yeah. guitar thing. So I had a brick and mortar. I, I have two music schools in the Boston area. Um, so teaching music wasn't wasn't strange thing to me but you know as you grow and build a business you know you start working on the business as opposed to in the business and yes. i'm teaching i miss teaching um but i couldn't have the schedule that i used to have you know when i worked five or six days a week and you know you'd be at the music school and you'd be teaching you know from like 12 o'clock in the afternoon to nine o'clock at night i i just couldn't have that schedule anymore and i said what's a way for me to like teaching people like this thing that I really like to do, which is, which is help people with music, help people learn guitar. How do I keep doing that without necessarily being in this building or this space yeah. if I don't have to be? Yep. And I was like, I should try this YouTube thing. Um, yeah. So that was March of 2017. I uploaded my first like real guitar teaching videos. Yeah. Um, and I always tease people. I'm like, you know, I uploaded a video and I got one view and it was probably me uh, yeah. just making sure it worked. <laughs> so That's awesome. That's uh, I had a similar chapter in my life before I that's kind of what got me to Nashville. I taught it. Really? Ray okay. Hanks, Heart of Texas Music in Texas and. And then corner music here in Nashville for a number of years when I was in school at Belmont. Okay. So, so when you talk about guitar lessons, there's a lot of guitar instructors now, 2024. Oh, yeah. Back then, maybe not so much. But yeah, what, how, how do you? What makes you different? You know I, what I mean? Because well, I mean, always you're, ask you're, this. You're killing it, and yeah. you're doing it in your own way. You're not trying to be something you're not. But what, what? What differentiates? I always, I always give two answers to this question when because I, I inevitably it always comes up, you know, because there's so many guitar teachers and there are there's a lot of great people. You know, we got Tons. Rick Beato, who's out there. We've got Justin Guitar, Marty, Andy, um, you know, your guitar sage, like, yep, dude, 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 dude. So I always tease yeah. people, you know, like what differentiates you from other, you know, other guitar teachers. And I say, in my joking one is, well, I have boobs is the differentiating factor as the funny, you know, as the funny yeah. answer. Cause it really right. is, it's like all these do like all the really kind of big, and I know there are some, some bigger female um, guitar teachers out there as well, but it's, it's really like a lot of dudes. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember I uploaded a video and it was Jolene. The the, the guitar mm. lesson was Jolene. And I just did a search for like Jolene guitar lesson. And like the top 10 videos were all guys. And I'm like, Mom, where's the woman? I mean, right. Jolene, it's it's a song about, you know, 
it's a letter to a, another woman being like, please don't take my man. Right. <laughs> and we have all these guys teaching it. So I'm like, I'm going to jump on and I want to be like the female that yeah. is that is in this sea of guys. So that's one differentiating factor. But yeah. I think the biggest differentiating factor, um, the serious differentiating factor is that I think a lot of students can relate to me because they see their story in myself and that I don't have a degree in music. So they look at me and like, oh, she doesn't have a degree in music. So that means this is this might be possible for me. Um, you know, I didn't go to school for music. And I and I just right. try to emphasize to them like, hey, my story is much like yours. I just really am passionate about music. I love this instrument. And this was something that I followed. And I want to show you what worked for me. But bottom line, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And we're going to make tons of mistakes. And when I make a mistake, I actually tell them. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people, they edit out their mistakes and their bloopers and I leave them in. Like mm. I, I, I've dropped pick on the floor in the middle of recording. And I, and I tell my editor, I look at the camera, I said, we're leaving that in. Don't cut that out. Like I just Leave yeah. it in because I want those. Listen, guys, I've been playing guitar for 20 years. I still drop my pick on the floor sometimes. It yeah. happens. And I think it's, it's, it's that relatability yeah. um, that people really, you know, when I see the comments on YouTube, they're like, thank you for not being pretentious about this. Thank you for explaining this in a slow, clear manner right. and not right, making right. me feel like an idiot. Yeah. Because they say, you know, I watched a lot of people and it's like, oh, what do you do? Do this. And it's like, you know, someone doing like a sweet picking thing and they show you how to do it in five seconds. They don't Over really break it down. You yeah. know, like, how did you do that? So I think that's the real big differentiator is that a lot of my students see themselves in me because I didn't go to school for music. Right, right. One of the things we talk about in hacking music is this idea of the third option, you know, mm -hmm. going to Belmont or not going to Belmont. You didn't do, you know, you kind of came up with your own, your third option of being in Boston, building, planting there. And that pattern, that process, that, we see that more and more. It's like, you, mm -hmm. we're not trying to win a contest. We're not right. trying to get on the voice. We're not trying to, you know, be a guitar hero. You're doing your own thing and it's, and it's done fantastic for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so didn't go to music school. You're, you're not into the guitar heroics, hysteric stuff of that. A lot of guitar hero type stuff people get into yeah um, so people see themselves in you they feel comfortable learning from you you're not trying to overwhelm them with uh head knowledge and theory you're kind of right. the everyman yeah and i tell me like theory is important i said we'll get there when we need it but yeah. right now you can barely play a c chord so we don't really need to know if it's a flatted third or a, or a major third <laughs> that's not important right now let's just focus on trying to play a c chord i love it I love it. And let's talk a little bit about experiences. Um, in Hacking Music, we talk about staging experiences. That's our job as an artist and entrepreneur. You do that yeah. in a number of ways. You have your courses. You have your face-to-face -face group cohorts. What do you call them? You, you have a name. Yeah, I have intensives. I just, you yeah. know, I call them little guitar intensives where it's like, you know, a small group of people and they get to work with me a little bit more intimately and solving their pro playing problems. Yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you think about those as options, your experiences? What, what goes through your, 
you know, you just want to have like. I think it goes back to the reason I started YouTube. I think it goes back to the reason I started YouTube was it's it's that person to person. It's like doing this. It's seeing that, you know, you sell a course and yes, there's a community, but you don't really get to know the person on the other side of that. And, you know, there's always people, you know, whether we're talking YouTube, whether we're talking you're a musician, there's always fanatics in your audience who will buy whatever you're selling. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you're selling. Just take my money. I want it. So everyone, no matter where you are, yeah, no matter where you are, you have these fanatics that want more. For me, I really like getting to know people better Mm -hmm. um, and having some of those more interactive relationships with, with clients. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. so when you think about your customers, who's your ideal customer? What do, what do you, how do you pinpoint that? Yeah. So when I started this, I thought about who were my favorite students that I taught in my private studio, people that I was like, I can't believe they're paying me. I'm having so much fun and they're paying me to have this much fun. And it was always my students over the age of 50. Hands mm-hmm. down every time. I mean, their music actually has guitar in it. So that helps a lot mm-hmm. when you're teaching guitar. Uh, and we just had a lot of things in common and it was just a lot of fun. So when I went into YouTube, yeah. I went into it knowing that I was going to go after an older demographic because, okay. you know, you probably see my, my classic Camaro in the background. I like classic cars. I like a lot of the things that that demographic is, is into. So we get along very well. And I think my kind of repetitive and slower, slower teaching method really appeals to them because that's the feedback I get, you know, oh, I watched a video or I tried to do this other program and they're like, they move from zero to 60 really fast. And, you know, I always say, tell them when you're older, even me, you know, I'm 40 now. It's like, I don't move as fast as I did when I was 20. (laughs) But, and when you're 60 or 70, you know, your hands, they're a little bit slower. We have to rebuild strength. So they're, you know, we have to go a little bit slower on this process we can build up the strength and the finger flexibility and the dexterity, but there might be a few extra steps we want to take as we get older on this pathway. Everybody just mm-hmm. want to drop in again and say thanks to our sponsor, the Sync Center. The Sync Center is trusted by Fortune 50 companies, filmmakers, ad executives, networks, major film and streaming studios. The Sync Center is a full service music supervision and licensing company that has managed projects for clients, including national and global brands, ad agencies and cultural events. They specialize in getting you the music you want within the budget you have all while keeping you legal through the whole process. You can check them out at thesyncenter.com. That's T-H-E-S-Y-N-C-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. Check them out. So when you think about your students and the transformation you see in your students, what do you hear back? What do they, what do you see in them? Because you've had students that have been with you for, Years. Yeah, years now. Like they don't, yeah. They don't leave. Yeah. It's what? it's amazing because it's, you know, it's such a, a wide spectrum. I mean, there's a number of people, and this happened very early on in my YouTube journey, because you know, you're putting out on this content, you're working so hard. And in the beginning, anyone who's tried to do YouTube and do it successfully, it takes time. I mean, that's any business. It takes time to build. 
and you know, you're doing all this work and you're, you're not really seeing a lot for it. And you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting all this work and effort in to get nothing back? And I got an email and I wish I could remember this person's name so that I could thank them because they kind of really changed my mindset on this. Yeah. Uh, it was someone who was uh, a veteran and they had reached out to me. They were suffering from PTSD. And I think this was during COVID. And he reached out to me and was just like, I was ready. I was in a very dark space and I was ready to end it all. And I saw some of your videos on YouTube and it made me pick up a guitar and mm. you saved my life. Oh, so wow. that's like the biggest extreme. And I've had a few other people who've told me, you know, they've been in very dark places and we all know that the healing powers of music. I don't think we realize the dark places we can help people get out of or just even people who've had a dream. Like I've been wanting to do this since I was 15 and I'm 75 now. And I want to do this, yeah. helping people achieve their dreams or having someone email me and be like, my wife just turned 82 yesterday and I played happy birthday for her on the guitar. It's, it's those things that you're like, this was worth it. Yeah. This is, this is why I'm doing it. And, and when you talk about experience, that's yeah. what you want to create for, for people. You want to create those moments where they say this was worth it. This made their life better. This was a yeah. marker in their a memory for them Absolutely. that they'll never forget. Man, that's Absolutely. so good, Lauren. It's so much of that human to human stuff. Yeah. Just gets lost in, you know, the age of this, which is awesome. We all yeah. love and use technology, but it's like, man, that just the simple memory making that you yeah. gave, you know, your student, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah, I think a lot of people right now are craving that connection to something, mm. um, you know, and that's why we have our little community. It's for those people who just they want that extra support system. Yeah. They want to be able to to reach out to something. They want to see me, you know, go live and, and say hello and, you yeah. know, say, hi, Jeff, how's it going? Oh, nice. How's your dog doing? You know, that, that and they're like, wait a minute, you remembered my dog's name, you know, that you saw a post or something. Yeah. And and I think that's, again, when we talk about differentiating factors is I, I do try to get to know my clients. Obviously, you know, I've got almost 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. I have thousands of students in my courses. I can't remember every single sure. person's name, yeah. uh, but I do try to remember as much as possible and, and say hi to people and, and be as human as possible. Yeah. hundred percent goes back to the idea of just transformation beats transactions i mean it's not about yeah, the 100 percent. yeah it's about connecting on the human level that's great lauren so we we talked a little bit the other day about mindset mm. and the guitar is a physical instrument for sure but how do you how do you instill how do you think about mindset what does that mean to you how do you use that to benefit your students yeah. And I know we we talked about it in kind of like relation to even even business and business coaching and how a lot of this mindset stuff overlaps, whether you're learning an instrument, whether you're growing a business or, you know, whether you're getting back in shape for the new year, whatever that is, there's always this this mental side to things. And, and even when I taught voice, I tell people, listen, 90 percent of it's up in here. The reason you're not hitting that note is because you're already telling yourself you can't do it. That's why you're not doing it. And I tried to work with my students a lot of times, you know, in the community, I'll see posts and they'll be like, well, I suck at this right now, or I stink at this right now. And I'm like, 
watch your language because mm. the way you talk about yourself is very important. Mm, you should say, good. I can't do this yet, but I know if I keep working on it, it's going to get better. And I, and I try to teach the students the way you talk about yourself needs to be transformed as well as your guitar mm. playing because you know it's that's the little engine that could i think i can i think right. i can i think i can well if you tell yourself you can do it you Eventually. will you already yeah. it's a belief system you need to create a belief system in yourself that this is possible yeah. and you know i do a lot of that even on youtube just reminding people like hey you're just getting started so you're not going to sound good that's okay because you're just getting started, but if you stick with this long enough, you I promise you, you will be better. And I always encourage, even with my intensives, I just did this. Their, their first assignment was just to make a recording of themselves playing something they find challenging right now. Hmm. And I said, I don't want the fifth take. I want the first take. I right. don't want it to sound good. I actually really want it to sound horrible because you need to know where you're starting today so that 12 weeks from now, you can go back to this video and you can say, look how far I've come, even in just a short period of time. And I always tell students like progress is subjective unless we record it. You know, mm. is it faster? You know, is is 43 beats per minute faster than 40? It is. But can someone tell that, you know, can you week to week if you're only getting better by two or three beats per minute? Am I making progress? Well, if you don't write it down, you won't think so. But if you keep track You'll be like, oh, I can see the number going up and that's motivating and encouraging. So I do a lot of that type of training with my students because let's face it, learning an instrument is not easy. It takes time. It takes practice. It takes a lot of energy. Sure. But if you can see that you're progressing and getting results, that at least makes you want to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. So let's talk about technology for a minute here. What yeah. are your... What are your go-to tools? What do you live in? What do you love to use? Yeah. So a lot of, I just actually redid my entire website. We switched that over to WordPress. I was using Squarespace before that, um, but we're looking, you know, we're looking for a few more bells and whistles and, and WordPress was, was getting us there, which made things very nice and a lot easier for me on the creator side to date things and change things. So that was great. So WordPress is what I'm using for the website. And then for almost everything else, I use Kajabi, which is my course platform. Um, you know, and I use that for my CRM, for my emails and emailing people out, um, doing the follow-ups. So th those are kind of my main things. Obviously, YouTube, I'm using YouTube a lot as kind of like a lead generation, a way for me people to get to know me and build relationships with people. So those are kind of like my main things I'm using. Yeah. Those are your go-to. Those are it. the go-tos. Yeah. So, so you talk about YouTube as a tool mm -hmm. and lead gen for, for yeah. those artists who are just start 16 years old, probably never heard the word lead gen before. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what that means and why that's important as a business. So I look at a lead gen as the way or any of this stuff that you're doing on, on YouTube, whether you're trying to promote your own music, whether you're teaching lessons, whatever you're using it for, it is a tool to build a relationship with someone and your lead generation. It's called, you know, it, it, you get a lead. Someone watches your video and you say, Hey, if you want to learn more, I have this really cool thing for you over here. 
go do that and they give you your your email or your phone number, whatever you ask them for to get whatever you're giving away. And you start trying to build a relationship with that person because bottom line is that people buy from people they know and trust. Mm-hmm. And I will say that 90% of people who who buy my course tell me, I saw a bunch of your videos on YouTube. I really liked the way you know that you taught. I really liked your personality and I thought it was a good fit. So I went and bought your product. And hands down, that's what we're doing is we're just trying to create a relationship with people so that they they trust us and they know that we can help them. Hmm. I love it. Yeah. So, so a lot of artists want to be the creative genius, write the songs, be the artsy fartsy one, which is awesome and important, but they're kind of uncomfortable with the idea of asking for an email. How, yeah. how do you... What do you say to an artist to kind of bring them down to planet reality and say, look, this isn't used car salesman. This is, this is your career. This is your future right here. What do you, right. what do you, yeah. And I think musicians, because we're, we're such like empaths and a lot of them, you know, we feel for other people are a lot more emotional. Um, we get stuck in the artistry sometimes. I, I just love the music but you should get paid for what you're doing. Amen. And I think, you know, there, even I have friends who still are performing in bars and stuff. And I'm like, why are you going to perform for, at a bar for like a couple 35 bucks. bucks a night? Yeah. It's like, or, or even a hundred bucks. Like you, you're worth so much more than that. But a lot of people in the world undervalue the arts and in return, I think a lot of artists and musicians, I think they undervalue themselves because they think that's the social norm. Mm. And actually, there's people out there who are willing to pay for whatever you're doing, and they're willing to pay well for it as long as the value you provide to them is big enough. You know, I have a lot of people, a lot of my competitors selling courses for $20, $7. Okay. I, I've seen, I think Marty has a bunch of courses that are like seven bucks, 18 bucks. I'm also like, what kind of, you know, what kind of client are you getting for $18? It's probably someone who's going to buy the course and never use it. And I don't want that. I want people who are actually going to invest because they seriously do want to get a result out of something. I could go, you know, the $5 course route, no interaction with people. But for me, I want people who actually value getting a result and, you know, it's it's a really hard line to cross. And I think a lot of it comes from how we were raised around mm-hmm. money. Um, I'm very, very fortunate that my grandfather, you know, he came over from Italy and he ended up being an entrepreneur. He had his own factory. He made raincoats. Uh, nice. So I I've had exposure to entrepreneurship and understanding that, that people are willing to pay you for a product if they need it and they value what you have. And a lot of us has been thought, you know, that that money is the root of all evil. The more money you have, the more problems you have. And you know, I went to a conference and Steve Harvey was was talking there, who's who's really great in terms of the motivation side of things. But he was just saying, you know, money just makes you more of who you are. And I know he's not the only person that says that. It's like if you're a generous person and you get right. a lot of money, you're probably going to be more generous because you have more money to give away. You have more money to do good things for people. And he's like, and if you're a jerk, 
and you make more money, you will be more of a jerk. Yeah. He's like, it just makes you more of what you already are. So if you yeah. know you're that type of person who's a generous person, don't be afraid of money because you can do a lot of good things with it. Yeah. There's, there's a ton of mythology out there, primarily perpetuated from the legacy industry about, you know, artists shouldn't worry about money. They should never, you know, have other people take care of you. We'll take care of you, artist. You know, you yeah. sit on your stool and do the creative stuff and we'll right. take care of you. And that's, that's 99% of the time that's led to their implosion. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, artists. listen, I've done it. I've done the busking in the subways. I used to go down and, and busk, you know, six o'clock in the morning with my guitar open. You'd collect the change. The bank would hate me because I'd have all these dollar bills and, and coins. Yeah. But like, I, I've done that. And trust me, I, I'd rather not be busking in the subway at six o'clock in the morning hmm. to make money. I, I'd rather sell a course. Rather sleep in and have. Uh, I'd rather sleep in, sell a yeah. course and enjoy my life. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So we talk a lot in, in hacking music about product stack, building your mm. product, product suite. Yeah. Call it that. And it's, it's the idea of inputs drive outputs. If you have one thing for sale, you can sell one thing. If you have four things for sale, well then you have four inputs that can kind of connect to four outputs. What, yeah. you know, with, without, without, giving out too much information you have a number of let's call it a revenue stack like yeah how you make money what yeah. how many how many streams if, if you had to outline those things how many different ways do you if you don't mind me asking there, there's probably at least a dozen different ways or combinations of ways that, yeah. that people could interact with me or, or buy from me from you know we do have some you know I do something, just so you know, again, if we go back to that lead gen, I do a free course. I give away a free course so that people can get to know me. And we take them through an email funnel where we follow up with them. And our goal is to try to get them to purchase my flagship course, which is my seven-level guitar system, which is my beginner guitar program. Mm -hmm. And through interactions, if we find out that you know there's some people that that's too much for them, because I am working with an older demographic, some of them are on fixed incomes, we right. do have other products that are lower that we don't necessarily publicly advertise, but that we can offer people to say, hey, I do have this, you know, this 30 day or this 60 day program that you can buy for $50. Is that something that works better for you? Right. And sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no, but there's a number of different ways for people to interact with us. Mm -hmm. Hey everybody, it's John. Just wanted to drop in here and give a special thanks to our sponsor, ArtistWorks. ArtistWorks is an execution company. They specialize in media, marketing, and monetization. ArtistWorks partners with brands to provide infrastructure, marketing, execution, and monetization in the rapidly changing media industry. They create products and experiences to engage your customers, drive revenue, build careers, and surpass your competitors. Check them out at ArtistWorks.com. That is works with a W-E-R-X. A-R-T-I-S-T-W-E-R-X.com. For modern musicians coming up, you know, the 16-year-old songwriter on her bench writing songs, how yeah. can they, I know you've got kind of a sister channel on that's really focused on YouTube. How can a young artist be thinking about using YouTube in a smart way? 
Yeah, I think you go back to the relationship building because that's that's really what everything is. It's it's who you know uh, and and do they like you or not? So it's great to put your music out there. But I think today a lot of people want to know the process. They want to know your creative process. They want to see you you know, working through lyrics for a song or how, how did you come up with a chord progression or, or this melody line? How did you, or how did you come up with that harmony? People are really interested in process. So yes, you're making these songs and these original, you know, tracks, but maybe you can show them a behind the scenes of, of the recording process. I remember when I would go in a studio, that was always my favorite part was, was listening to the song come to life one track at a time and kind of be like, oh, here how Harold just adding a shaker here changes the whole dynamic of this chorus. And it's stuff like that, you know, allow, I guess I remember there's fans out there who really are fanatics. And they want to see that behind the scenes. There's going to be people who will just listen to the music, but there's people who want to get to know you as a person and as a brand. And that's what you're doing, whether you're a musician, whether you're a teacher, whatever you're doing, you are a brand. You're essentially becoming a business and you shouldn't be afraid to share your process. Even some, if you're for it, some of your your personality and your personal life. Let yeah. that come to life on your channel as well, because you'll hit more people that way. You know, you can release your music, and and trust me, I was an original artist, and it's like, hey, I made this CD. Now everyone's gonna buy it, right? And then it's like, because yeah. you know, when I was record, I didn't have an audience. Right. You know, when I was recording my first album back in, I think it was 2009, 2010, you know, I didn't have an audience, but if I release something now, I have an audience, they know they will yeah. buy from me. So that's what you need to think about. Even as an original artist, how do I create following? How do I find my audience and get them to like me and to have a relationship with me through social media? Hmm. I love that. So basically what we're saying is when we talk about staging experiences, we're talking about letting them in early, showing them the work, like like not just the silver disc or the book, you know, that's cool. The widget's cool, but you're saying, let them into the process six months early. Let them see the dirt, the warts and all. Yeah. 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 I mean, even in my community, you know, I posted a video last night for my intensive people were doing, I have a finger picking one and we're working on some stuff. And I, well, their assignment was again, post that video. And I told them, I said, I'm going to pick a song and I'm going to post it for you so that you can see where I'm at behind the scenes. And we'll see where I get in 12 weeks. So again, it's, it's that human aspect of right. being like, Hey, we're, we're working on this together. We're, yeah. we're going through this together and we're both going to learn and come out better on the other side. I love it. I love it. So your workflow, you've got a lot of initiatives, a lot of projects, your plate is full. Yeah. How do you, what's your process? How do you declutter your workflow to move the train freaking forward? Yeah. So that's where you start building a team and I can't do everything. So I have an editor. I don't edit my own YouTube videos. I haven't edited one of my videos in, in over four years now. So, you know, you have people who do things eventually at some point that do things better than you do. 
you know, I can edit and I actually kind of did enjoy editing, but then I hired an editor. I'm like, he does this so much better than I do. Like why I would never do this again (laughs) because he's just so much better at it than I am. So you kind of start outsourcing the things, one, that you're not very passionate about, two, that take up a lot of time uh, because those things that you're not passionate about, they're energy draining. They really are. They will drain your energy. It's funny. Um, my wife is helping me in the brick and mortar business and and she's a systems person. She likes organization. She likes systems. And I'm like, I says, I don't mind. The system's great. They won't make a business work. But if you want me to sit down and write out the system, that's the part I hate. I, I'm the, I'm the driver. I want to keep moving forward. I don't want to look backwards <laughs> to write out the system, but that's, that's her strength. So right. she's a member of my team. So, you know, she'll ask me, what is the system? And I tell her what the system is. And then she goes and puts it on pen and paper, or puts it in a software like monday.com mm-hmm. where other people can see the system, you know, in black and white versus it just being in my head. Yeah. So we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And as you grow as a business person, you want to spend as much of your time on your strengths, which for me is the marketing. I absolutely love marketing. I love email marketing. I love creating the content for YouTube because that in itself is marketing. Um, So that's kind of where I spend most of my time because, you know, by spending my time there, that's how I can make the most money, right? Mm -hmm. It's where is your time best spent for, for what you're making? Okay, if you're making $10 an hour, okay, you don't maybe don't want to hire someone for $50 an hour. You might have to do it yourself in the beginning. You're wearing all the hats in the business. But as you start making more money and your personal income starts growing, you know, those $10 an hour tasks or $15 an hour or $20 an hour, those tasks are better off given to someone else because you could hire someone, you know, for to do 40 hours of work a week. You now just multiplied yourself. Yeah. So you have this person up, doing all this work with to create. More. Right. And, and that's what it is. It, you know, it, it's freeing up your bandwidth to do other things. Yeah. We talked about it the other day, Lauren, the idea of VAs. How do yeah. you, what, what are your, what kind of tasks do you, you, you mentioned video. Is that a, is that a VA yeah. you have for that? Yep. I have a video editor. Um, I actually have two video editors that work with me that are virtual assistants. And then I have someone who helps on the customer service side. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a VA that actually helps in our brick and mortar business. And I have a VA who works uh, customer service in online business as well. So we're utilizing them on kind of the lower side tasks. Hey, I forgot my password. I don't need to do password resets anymore. I can hire someone to do password resets to, you know, can you check my account? I think I, I think I bought something twice, right. you know, they can do a refund if they need to. I don't have to be in there refunding. I, you know, you give them, you know, if a, then B, you know, if you look right. in their account and they bought the same course twice, then yes, refund them. So you, you give them the framework to be successful and then you can outsource those, those simpler tasks to them. Love it. So, Lauren, we do this thing called Fast Five, where I've got a set of questions. Don't overthink mm-hmm. it. Yeah. First thing that comes to mind. Cool. Y- you game? I'm game. Let's go. All right. All right. So, <laughs> uh, most embarrassing failure? 
Oh, most embarrassing. I actually posted one very, very recently. Um, I was doing some investing with my accountant and he kind of scammed me out of a lot of money. Uh, and, and that was pretty embarrassing for me because I felt like, um, I felt like I was a pretty savvy investor and I felt really stupid that I had gotten scammed by my accountant. So that was pretty embarrassing. So who inspires you? Question two. Oh, who inspires me? Oh goodness. Um, obviously there's musicians that inspire me. Someone like Brandy Carlisle, only because I love her come up. I've been following Brandy since even before people who knew who who she was. Uh, and it's just yeah. amazing to see her evolution, how, you know, she stuck real to who she was. And by doing that, um, I think she's become so successful today. And that is so inspiring to be, you know, just be yourself in that song. She has the joke, like mm-hmm. the joke really is on everyone else. If you just stay true to yourself. So. That's great. Question three. A tool you can't live without. My phone. Oh, easy. So, I'm sorry. I know that this thing, it's no, like, it's right. it, it it's goes a, everywhere. <laughs> it's all good. First thing that comes to mind. So what's one thing you learned in your business and your music that was a real hockey stick for you? Really no changed your tra- trajectory. Yeah. I think it was just what we were talking about earlier is, is sharing more of yourself with people and, and not being afraid to be human and show people that you are human and that you make mistakes. But not only that, when you make those mistakes, show people how you move through them and how you learn mm. from them. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Last question. Number five, a piece of advice for a 16 year old kid coming up. What do you tell him or her? Try as many things as possible so that you can figure out what you like and have belief in yourself. You know, some people are going to be like, oh, you're too young to to know what you want or, or what you want to do. And I, I don't think that's true. I think there's some people who are very young who really know what they want to get out of life. So don't be afraid to, you know, even if you have some naysayers in the background, don't be afraid to follow your dreams and pursue the thing that really drives you. Lauren, thank you so much. I just want to uh, thank you for jumping in and being part of this. And it's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, we'll break there.